Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Saying it doesn't mean to dance, it means to what? It means to get down on your face and lay your life down before God. That is the 101 of worship. That's how you flow into the presence of God. You lay it all down. Does it have to be laying on my face? Sometimes, yes. <laughs> but it doesn't always. Like, I, can, I lay my life down every day. Father, it's all yours. Everything yours. I lay it down again. My heart is yours. From there, we get to flow into praise, which we love. Right? We talked about hallel, which means to boast, to brag. We're the song, my God is so big, my strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Right? God is huge. My, you don't even know how big my God is. That's what praise is. It's to boast. It's boasting of the Lord, not about yourself, not about anybody else. It's boasting in the Lord. That's why a lot of our songs, we're just, we're just singing about how amazing God is. It's praise is what it is. We talked about yada, which is another one of our favorites. There are a lot of words for praise in the Hebrew language. God was trying to teach us something and give us a depth of richness that one word couldn't contain. Yada, one of, one of the most amazing, powerful forms of praise, because it's a warfare. It means to throw, to shoot, to cast, to confess. I'm doing warfare when I praise the name of God, and all those things bow to Jesus Christ when I praise him. We talked about last, last week, zamar. We want zamar of it, don't we? Um, <laughs> That was for free. That was bonus round right there. I'm a dad. I get these things. All right. And that's the praise. This is why music isn't just something we've adapted and and done as a modern church. Music has been around since day one of the church. It's been around before that in the temple, before all the way back to Moses and beyond. Music, the background noise, it is created by God and is powerful. And music of itself is praise to God. Can be praise to other things too. Music, I, I played this video last week uh, of Rocky without music. It's so, <laughs> music makes everything better. Uh, somebody sent this to me, this next video, and I just thought you needed to see it too because I spent a good deal of time laughing about it and uh, I thought you might enjoy it as well. The song is, I don't want to get, it, it is, have you ever heard the songs from the 80s? Dancing in the street, right? <sighs> what would that music video be like without the music portion? Please turn your attention to the screen. I got the moves like Jagger. Time, we'll go ahead and cut it off there. 
But I enjoyed laughing at that, and my son and Manny were over, and they just didn't understand it on the same level as I did. But uh, life without music is pretty meaningless. It's pretty void. And so uh, that was what we talked about last week. Today, with the time we have left, I want to talk about one more Hebrew word for praise, and it's ta-da! All right? This one is an amazing revelation of praise. If you will grab hold of it, I'm telling you, this is, this is a good one. This is a vital, vital one. It, it means to praise, it means to confess, and most importantly, it means to give thanks. Thanksgiving. That is a praise unto God. Now, why this might be the most important praise that you're going to learn about during this series is because these other forms of praise, they flow out of the presence, out of worship. But Todah praise, it can flow out of, out of worship as well. But Todah praise, ta-da, it's great. It has the ability if you feel like you're hitting your head on the wall and like, I just can't get into the presence. I just don't feel like he's hearing me. Todah praise, thanksgiving, ushers you into the presence. You see, God never intended to withhold his presence, to withhold himself from you. He gave you every opportunity, and so we praise, we worship, and if you feel like you just aren't getting there, then turn to the praise of Todah, thanksgiving. As Psalm 100, verse 5 says, Enter his gates with Todah, with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise him, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. Here's the amazing thing. These other forms, sometimes like I just, I'm not getting it. If you feel like you're banging your head against the gates of heaven, guess what? It's not an open sesame that gets them there. It is thank you, Father. Amen. And if you, you can't think, just start thanking him for the little things and then work your way up. Give him thanks forever. Your faithfulness endures forever. Thank you. Your love endures forever. Thank you, God. The object of your thanksgiving is important. And, and you're, you don't even have to open the gates. You just start thanking God. Thank you, God. Lord, I'm up. I'm up. I can see. Thank you, God, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God, that I have enough to eat. Thank you. You're going to find yourself in no time at all, all of a sudden, in his presence, where you're going to, whoa, I'm worshiping God. And now I can do warfare. Now I can sing. Now I can shout. Now praise is just flowing out. And then I continue with that thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, this toda praise is so vital. It should be one-on-one to us Christians. We just don't talk about it enough. But so vital because it brings us into his presence. Yes. It's, it's the kind of praise that brings us into his presence, and it's so amazing. You get to enter into this cycle of worship. You can enter it at any point. Sometimes you're just in the presence, and you're just worshiping and praising no matter what. But other times it's like, you know when you see those people in the jump rope, <laughs> and you're wanting to get in, and you're kind of watching, I just, I don't know, how can I do it? You just start thanking God, and you're into the praise all of a sudden. He'll usher you there. He's got bigger ushers than us. This is Foundation 101. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We make this a part of our daily life. And then, now how many of us have walked through this kind of dumb cycle in our lives? I love God, rebellion. I love God. I love my sin, right? It's this roller coaster. Woo! He's still good. Oh, it's terrible. I'm going to do, ah! right? That's called immaturity. That's called I'm living my life 
based on circumstance and what I feel like in the moment. The secret of sustained upwards walk with Jesus is todah. Because if I get up and I thank the Lord and I enter into his gates, this down part just doesn't make it, it's dumb. It really is foolishness. Why would I do that? That's crazy. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. It's a lifestyle and it will, it will change. We become, we're going we're gonna to take a quick tangent and we're going to get back to Todan because this is going to help us understand it on another level. We become like the thing or the person we worship, we praise. We become more like that which we give our undying attention to. It's part of what human nature is. It's part of who God made us to be. We are created to be worshipers and praisers, and so our we're supposed to be worshiping and praising him. And as a byproduct, we start to look, ink, think, act, talk more like Jesus. But the converse is also true. I, what, what, is, what, is, what is the majority of your life focused on? Oh, it's, if all you rehearse and all you see and all you focus on is your lack, you will be a lackey. You will be more and more like a lackey. And this, you know, it's funny, but it's true. Amen. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, oh, my goodness. Bad, bad, bad. But praise the Lord. But it's still bad. I will become more like the thing that I worship. And, that, and get, don't, don't mistake it. If all I do is spew out negativity and all I do is spew out problems, I am praising. I'm just not praising God. I'm praising problems. Oh, look how bad the world is. You're praising the badness of the world. You're going to be more like the world. What spews out? Stop gap. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Because I want to be more like him. I want to see things more like he does. Amen? Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay. We all with unveiled faces, what do we do? We contemplate the Lord. We're what are we doing? We're focusing on God. And what, what is the result of that? We be transformed more into his image. So where are you contemplating? What do you contemplate most of the time? What are your conversations mostly surrounded around? Because you're contemplating those and you're going to start to reflect those things. John 4 First uh, John 4, 17, and I won't have this one, it goes on, but it says, as he is, speaking of Jesus, so are we in this world, okay? As he is, so are we in this world, okay? That doesn't mean I'm automatically like Jesus, because here's the deal, the whole preface, the whole buildup to that amazing statement, I could give you that statement, it's like, whoa, I'm just like Jesus in this world, absolutely, but... The whole preface is, it doesn't just happen. It starts out by saying, whoever loves, whoever lives in love, who lives in God. When I lay my life down for him, when I lay my life down for others. And then it goes on and it says, it says uh, and this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then it goes on and it says, as he is, so are we in this world. 
as I reflect on his love, as I contemplate him, as I thank him, now I start to act and think and talk and behave more like Christ and also see the things that Christ did happening more and more around me. I don't get the cart before the horse. I don't start demanding the things and then, and then contemplate Jesus. We're so things-oriented and stuff-oriented and results-oriented. When Christ has already accomplished it all, we're begging him to accomplish things that he's already accomplished. And if we would just contemplate the Lord's glory, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, these things naturally come. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. All this junk added, will be added to you as well. Amen. Yes, I threw healing into that junk. I, I threw, I threw your, your abundance and your, and your, uh, your health, your, your provision, your relationships, these amazingly good things. Those are all fine, but they're already accomplished. We're to focus on the kingdom. We're to focus on Jesus, contemplate his glory, and the cart comes behind the horse. I thank him, oh, Father, you're good, you are good. And I start to see the things that Jesus did happening in my life. And guess what? If I could name somebody and it would send shivers down your spine and make you sick to your stomach, you're not living in that love. If you are carrying any offense, church, see, this is so important because this is what has infiltrated Christianity. We feel like it's our right to be offended with other people, other humans. And I'm not saying that people haven't really done atrocious things to you. But what I'm saying is, is if I haven't let that die on the cross and forgiven, I'm not going to be as he is, so am I in this world. Because what did Jesus do for you? He forgave everything you did, and you know what you did last summer. So what's the, what's the thing? Like, oh, So what happens is, oh, and I hate that person. I'm back into the stuff bin. And I want to tell you this because, and I say this in love. I say this in love. The more you focus on the offense and won't let it go, the more you will be like the person who offended you in the first place. Because while you, are, you don't think you're praising them, you're, you're diminishing them, you're speaking evil of them, you're trashing them, you hate them, you want to vomit on them, you, want to see, you don't even want to think about them you are praising them in a, in, in a way. And you become like the one you worship. This is why Jesus died on the cross and he took even the worst offenses with him so that they're dead. And I have the ability to focus on the kingdom, on the righteousness of God. Amen. And so when that comes up, you start saying, but thank you, Father, that you've forgiven me even worse things. That the sins of my heart have been worse than that person did out loud. And I thank you for that forgiveness. I thank you. What am I doing? I'm toe-dying the Lord into his presence. And the things of earth grow strangely dim. And I find myself looking more like Jesus instead of more like the very thing I despised. We totally big up the devil. We try to make him big. But the more we big him up, the more we're focused on him. And guess what? We were called to focus on the author and the finisher, the completer, Jesus Christ. That's why it says, if, you, if, if, I, if I be raised above all the earth, I will draw all men to me. Amen. The more you raise him up, the more you'll look like him, the more you'll act like him. This is good stuff.
Okay, that wasn't even the whole point here, but, but uh, the, the thing, we become like the thing we worship. You, worship you, you obsess over a donut, you'll become like a donut. Now, you're not going to turn into a, a, a creamy, sugary thing, but you're going to be soft and fluffy and a whole lot of no, no substance. Okay, I can prove this in scripture. Psalm 115, verse 3 through 8 says this, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Now, what this verse isn't saying is if I have a wooden statue that I worship, that I'm going to become wooden, but I will become just as dumb as a block of wood. That's what it's saying. It's just the truth. Those who make them will be like them. Senseless. Eyes but cannot see. Ears but cannot hear. Romans uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 20 through 25 here, it says this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that the people are without excuse. I'm going to press pause there for a second. What, is, what are we hearing here? What are we being taught here? That since day one, when Adam was on earth, till day whatever we're at now, 2019, wherever we are, no one on planet earth has ever been with an excuse. Well, no, I never heard about God. God has set it up to be so plain, so obvious to even, even the simplest mind. Wow, the sunrise, there is a God. It's true. He made it completely obvious you have to really harden yourself to not to deny that there's a god in this world he made it obvious now watch this watch where we go from here you're without excuse for although they knew god they neither glorified him as god nor what nor gave thanks press pause no toe dying no giving thanks what is the result he says, they glorified God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised amen what happened <gasps> wow there's a god but who else might have done all of this maybe it wasn't god the second i stop giving thanks and glory to god i am in to the very dire risk of idolatry and when i'm into idolatry i become dumb i do because I become like what I'm worshiping. That's why throughout history, we've set up, we've made giant wooden things and we said, I think this is what made planet Earth. This is where I'm dumb as a block of wood. I'm dumb as a box of rocks because we become like that. Well, you know, maybe we were monkeys. You probably were. 
I'm telling you, we, we laugh at this. If anyone, if I were to stand up here and say, I think this is God, and I had, a, I had a, a block of quartzite or whatever, you would all be like, you are the dumbest guy. Yeah. Yet we glorify this in our culture. We're like, maybe it is. But we all know God created every human being in our heart of hearts. We know there's a creator. We know it. Even when you were walking in atheism, you knew there was a God. Because you were created to know that and to discover him. And yet, and God's up here the whole time. I'm making it obvious. I'm here. I'm a God. I am God. The only God. Well, maybe it was aliens. See, I say it and you laugh at me, but this is what we're saying in the world. And we're, and we're giving it credit. Credit. We're like, That's, that could be true. Because we neither glorified God nor gave thanks to him, and so we've become stupid. And we do this because we become like the thing we worship. And if we come up with dumb ideas and we're holding that up, we become dumb. And God is thinking the whole time, I'm here. I am God. I am. I am. I am. It would be no different than if I brought up a Van Gogh painting. And I put it up in front of you all, and I said, you guys, isn't this amazing? Look at the depth here. Look how amazing that is. And, and, and there was a guy, his name was Vincent Van Gogh, and he painted this however many thousand years ago. And you're like, wow, I don't know when he was around. I wasn't a history teacher, all right? <laughs> Hundreds of years ago. <sighs> yeah, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then, and then somebody's like, but who else might have done it? And most first we'd be like, that's dumb, that's stupid. But they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if? What if, what if we place some paintings, uh, some paint on the ground and it exploded? And it splattered on this canvas, and this is what came out. What if? Meanwhile, the, uh, meanwhile, the painter's like, are you crazy? And the rest of us are like, oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm telling you. The Bible makes it clear. God has made himself very clear to you and to the rest of the world that there is a God. Amen. And he is worthy of our praise. Now I need to get back into Todah because now we know that you become like the one that you worship. So when I give thanks with a grateful heart to God, I'm ushered into his presence. When I praise him, I, I, I become more like him. I start to understand him more. I, and I'm even more in awe. And the more I understand him, the more I realize I want to know more. Because he's that good. And if you don't, you're in danger of idolatry. See, thanks demands our attention, right? I remember when I was a kid, we would go to Grandpa's house for, for, a, for like Christmas dinner. And before we left, my parents would be like, you need to go say thank you to Grandpa. And I'd be like, Psh. no. I, I wanted to say thank you, but I was like shy and I was embarrassed, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, Grandpa. Right? What are they doing? They were teaching me to turn my attention towards somebody who'd given us something. Uh -huh. Maybe you've had this experience with a wedding or a birthday and your parents, or you did this out of a discipline. I'm going to write a thank you card to everybody who gave me a gift. What does that do when I'm sitting there writing, okay, I got this Tim Tebow jersey. Thank you, Bob, for the Tim Tebow. What am I doing? I, my heart is being turned toward Bob. I'm, I'm contemplating what he did. 
and the, and the act that he gave, he gave something to me, and I am in turn learning gratefulness from somebody else. How much more when God says, now give thanks to God with a grateful heart. What's he doing? It's not like he needs an ego trip, but he wants you to grow into his likeness. And so he's saying, give me thanks. Don't forget to thank. You can enter my gates with thanksgiving. This is a high form, a powerful form, a self-disciplined form of praise that will get you right into his presence. Thanksgiving, this toda, it is like the liquid draino of praise. You've been in those praise moments like this, I don't feel anything, this is nothing. And I'm like a clogged sink. But you start saying, thank you, God. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. It's like whoosh, laxative. It's time to get unstuck, church. Amen. Thanksgiving is the way. And you walk away from those moments. Now you're in the presence of God. You're contemplating his glory. You walk away from that looking, thinking, acting, talking, and believing more like Jesus Christ. And I seek him first. All these things, they're a byproduct of, the, of, of, of being with God. We don't seek after the, the cart. The cart follows the horse. I seek the horse. I follow Jesus. I contemplate his glory. And all of these things get added to me as well. I think of all these, oh, I really would love a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, it would be so amazing, right? It would be so cool. And that's not what actually is going to give me happiness. Jesus does. We give thanks before we see anything. And if I can't do that, I won't give thanks afterwards. Because here's the deal. Let's just use a really simple thing. We believe in divine healing, and it's available for all believers, and we pray nothing but 100% healing. If you have cancer, if you have, we're going to pray, and we, want, we believe you'll be healed. We see people healed all the time. But if I can't be thankful to God with the bad doctor's report, even if I'm healed, I may have a moment of thanksgiving, but I'll turn to the very next thing that I need and want from him. And my thanksgiving is not going to sustain me, right? Because then it's like, you know what? I could actually also use to lose a little weight. Where are we on that one? I'm telling you, and, and we, I'm not trying to diminish miracles or signs or wonders. We believe in them. We love them. But we seek after Jesus. We seek after him. We contemplate his glory. And those things happen as a result. Amen. And I do that through thanksgiving. I discipline my life to thanksgiving so that I can be continually in his presence. And not just desperate for the next thing. And my faith grows. And when my faith grows, the miracle's a no-brainer. Well, duh, of course God heals. I spend every day with him. I know who he is. I'm telling you, to be honest with you, I care less and less about the results of my prayers the more I spend with God. I love the results of my prayers, and I see more answers to my prayers, but what I'm really loving is just spending time in his presence. I just love it. And the more I do that, the less this, I, I'm begging for things, and the more the things just kind of line up with what his scripture says in the first place. That's todah. It's because I enter his courts with thanksgiving no matter how I feel. Okay, now, I only have a few minutes left, and I want to blow your minds, okay? 
Buckle your seat. We're going to put seatbelts on these chairs because you're going to have to buckle them. Because this is about to blow wide open for you. Okay? All of these, the things that we seek after, the things we find ourselves begging for over and over to the Lord. And let's just list some of the obvious ones. Oh, I, 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 you know, first of all, oh God, I just need my debt paid. I just need all these things. Here's how you know if you set up an idol in your life. If you fill in this blank. God, I'll be thankful if. I will be thankful when. Anything that fills in that blank is a very dangerous idol to you. Even if it's a really good thing. I'll be thankful when my son comes to know the Lord, or whatever it is. My daughter comes to know Jesus. That's an amazing thing. Nothing wrong with that thing. A great thing to pray for. Don't hear I'm saying otherwise. But if the end of my sentence, I'll be thankful if or when, is filled in, I have an idol in my life, even if it's a a godly prayer. I am thankful, God. I thank you that I'm fearfully. I thank you that, that, that my kids are coming to know you and that you draw them closer to you every day. I find the thankfulness. I push into the thankfulness. I'll be thankful when my student loan is paid off. I'll be thankful if I can pay my bills. I'll be thankful. Or uh, if I could just get that, that girl to like me, I'd be really thankful. She already does. All right. Or you're single. If I could just have a husband, then I'd be thankful. Listen. Those things are all good things, but they're idols if they fill in the blank for your thankfulness. Thankfulness happens. It is because God is. And I enter into his courts through that. Now, here's the good news, and here's where it's going to blow your minds, all right? Because all those things I listed, and I'm sure you have your own things that fill in those, try to fill in those blanks because, because they often try to parade themselves in front of us, right? If I'm, let's take my Jeep Wrangler, because I come back to that a lot. When I, when, I, when I look at that, what is it that I'm truly seeking? What am I truly, oh, I'd be so thankful if I could have that. What, am I, what is it if I could boil that past the beautiful cherry red finish in the great four-wheel, I could drive up the side of a mountain. Oh, if I could boil all those things down to it, what is it that I'm truly, if I could get it down to the nitty-gritty, what am I really getting it down to? I believe that I would feel happy if I got the Jeep Wrangler. And, and commercials play on this, right? You'll feel happy if you will just buy my product, right? And, and they, they don't use it, but, but we buy into it. I, w- I believe, I believe, if I boil I'm praying for this because I believe it will give me happiness. I'm praying for a spouse because I believe it will give me happiness. Now, here's the ridiculously good news. That thing that you're begging God for, when we boil down to it, happiness, this thing, this contentment, I can let you walk out of here today fully embracing it. It's true. The happiness I think the Jeep Wrangler would give me, I can have right this very second. And it doesn't matter if I have a Jeep Wrangler or I have my 2002 Ford Focus with the 250,000 miles and the door handles fall off. If I'm not happy with that, I won't be happy with this. The lie is that the happiness is what I need. The happiness is what I can have now. Amen. The very thing you've been begging God for, if you boil it down to what is, the, what is it you're looking for, it's, no, it's normally the happiness you think you'll have with it. And you can walk out of here today Having that without compromising your standards, without taking out a loan that you can't pay for, without any, any of those things, 
How do I do that? Well, if you'll buy this product before you leave. No, how do I do that? Toda. This is worth a million dollars or more. <laughs> it's the truth. How do I get, oh, how do I, how? Toda, thank you, God. I live and I push and I just thank you, Father. Thank you for this. Because that, the truth is, that feeling, that boiling thing that I think all the stuff in the cart's going to give me, it's available to me now if I just enter the kingdom. Oh, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. Then, yes, it says seek first the kingdom. These things will be added to you as well, but they're just stuff. The kingdom has the happiness. The kingdom has the contentment. Jesus Christ. And you have so much to be thankful for. The list should be unending. You could just start really simply, I'm not breathing poison right now. <laughs> I'm breathing oxygen. I live in the Pacific Northwest. That's a great reason to be, to, be, to be thankful to God. The Apostle Paul said this, I have found the secret of being content in all circumstances whether in plenty or in want. Whether, he, and he lists all these things. He's like, he's been, he had been destitute. He'd been poor. He'd been rich. He'd had plenty. He'd been beaten. He'd been praised. All these things. And he's like, I found the secret. I can be content no matter what. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In his letter to the Thessalonians, he says this. And folks, if you're here today and you're like, I just need to know the will of God for my life. Paul lays it out for us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. He says this. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. Not just the ones that you like. All circumstances. I'm not saying give thanks for all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why? Because giving thanks gets me into the presence. And we start to see the kingdom come and life's transform, first, most of all, my life. And he was telling this to a church in Thessalonica where, where they knew persecution. In fact, Paul himself had to escape there with, so they wouldn't beat him up. The church he left behind, they drug him out into the council and were trying, they wanted to stone him. And they, and they said, you can't talk about Jesus anymore. You're disrupting the city. They knew what it means to be in a tough circumstance. And yet Paul says to them, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you. Amen. Folks, this will blow your life wide open. And you will start to see the great and mighty things that you don't know. Not by begging for the stuff in the cart but by seeking and contemplating and thanking the one who is, who was, and always will be. I need my worship team to come up, please. Here's how we're going to conclude today. I'm going to have the worship team. They're just going to sing one more song of praise and thanksgiving. And as they do, in the back of your seats, let's see if I can grab one of these. Good, they're still there. Just blank sheets of paper. We spared no expense on these things. I want you each to grab one of these. And, and for the next couple of minutes, we're just going to take a couple of minutes, I want you to jot down at least three things to the Lord that you're thankful for. Okay? They can be as deep, as spiritual as you want. We're going to practice thanksgiving, entering into his courts through with this thanksgiving. We're practicing toda. okay? And as they do that, once you're done, once you've written it down, you're going to fold it up 
And as an act of faith, you're going to come and lay it on the altar as a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. So I would like full participation in this. At least three things. If you can't, if you can't think of three things, we will pray for you over there in the corner. Okay? We'll pray for you either way. Three things or more. Write as many as you can. And then come to the front and do this just with you and the Lord. Thanksgiving out of your heart. Lay it down and say, Lord, I have to think. Let's do this.
best way to seek first the kingdom is just by thanking the king. We're really good at looking about the things that we haven't seen the king do. He already did it, but we just haven't seen him yet. But we need to become experts in just thanking the king. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you did. And I know I need to let you go. But there's something about this act. It's just the, the presence of the Lord just opens right up. And I'm going to dismiss us in a second here. And I'm going to invite anybody who just wants to come up and receive prayer. Those who want to come and pray for people. We'll just spend some time up here. But I do realize we need to, we need to dismiss. I, I want to say this as well. Next Sunday, we're going to conclude our, our worshiping series. Um, and, uh, and I thought it would be appropriate if our worship pastor actually shared the word with us next week. So Stephanie is going to be speaking next week. And to continue our theme of, of, uh, of kind of genre style worship, the youth worship team is going to lead us in worship next Sunday. So come prepared to receive and, and prepared to worship our lungs out. Again, may God bless you as you go. If you need prayer, please come on up here. Prayer team, if I could just get you to come up as already. But uh, God bless you. Enter into his gates every day with thanksgiving and see how things go. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.